0: as the women did when they first discovered the empty tomb. Well, they realized that Jesus was there no longer. And so we gather to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is in the heart of all that we are as Christians. There is no greater event in all of the Bible than the event that we celebrate today. It is in the heart of our faith, it is the heart of our hope in eternity, and it is also the heart of our calling in life. And that is gonna be our focus for this morning. This should not be a surprise to us since it was the resurrected Jesus who gave us the Great Commission. In fact, all five Great Commission statements that we find in Scripture in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and in the Acts of the Apostles. in every single time Jesus gives a commission to the church to go and make disciples, all those times it was the resurrected Jesus who made these statements. But today I want to look at a slightly different story that comes as we continue on in the gospel account of John, like we did this morning. And we are going to be looking in Scripture in John chapter 21. As we find Peter, as well as several other apostles, back in Capernaum. Now, Capernaum, it says, as we go to John chapter 1, as you turn there today, that they were by the Sea of Tiberias, which is also known as the Sea of Galilee. And they decide to go fishing. Now, we could speculate about why they had decided to go fishing in this moment. But I want to give you an idea of what exactly is going on in this time period after Jesus' crucifixion and the, the discovery of the empty tomb. They have, by this point, seen the risen Jesus... They have returned to Galilee as they were instructed before the days of Pentecost. They have not yet received the Holy Spirit because Pentecost has not yet happened, nor have they seen Jesus in quite some time since returning home. The question may be asked, what would you do if you had... Seen all of these great events and, and, and that happened all over the Passover, and we'd, you'd seen the crucifixion and you'd heard of the resurrection, maybe you'd seen the resurrected Jesus, you were told to go home, so you went home and you were by you're in your hometown, in your, your home area, and you're just waiting. What would you do? Well, if I was in my hometown and, and, and among my, my hometown things, and, and I was waiting to see Jesus again, but I had not seen Jesus for a, a while, I, I think that, that I would do the same as Peter does. I would do the same, that, that and I think all of us would do very similar things. We would go back to life as usual. Peter was a fisherman. Fishing was his occupation, It probably stands to reason if you were a college professor and you were waiting for Jesus to show up and he hadn't shown up in a while, you'd go back to teaching. If you worked at the the machine shop and you hadn't seen Jesus in a while, you would go back to work at the machine shop. If you were working in the factory or the school or over at Fort Knox and, and, and nothing had happened and it had been even weeks since you had seen from Jesus or heard from Jesus, you would probably go back to business as usual. This is that return to reality that many of us deal with after we encounter God. Whether that encounter comes at camp or a mission trip, a, a revival service, or just a powerful worship service, or, or maybe even Christian concert. We have this, a power, this powerful effect on our lives. We feel moved by what has transpired, and we, we make commitments. We might even make decisions, and we are excited about what God is doing. But then we go home, and Peter had gone home. And when we go home, we go back to work, we go back to parenting, we go back to paying bills, we go back to our relationships with family and whatnot. And often that means that the effect of the powerful experience starts to diminish. It happens to us. I have no doubt that that is exactly what happened to Peter. But then in the midst of all of this, Peter shows up. Or excuse me, Jesus shows up. No one cares what Peter did. Jesus shows up. In an event similar to Peter's call to the disciples, Jesus calls to them from the shore and tells them to cast their nets on the opposite side of the boat of where they were currently fishing. Their obedience leads to another huge catch. In John, we actually get the numbers. I can picture that as everything's transpiring, John is looking in the net going, one, two, three, four, five, six. And says that they caught 153 large fish. Now that's a good day fishing. I don't care who you are. When that happened, all the boat knew that Jesus had returned. So confident, in fact, that that was Jesus who was on the bank, that Peter ultimately takes his coat, ties it around his waist, and jumps straight into the water, unwilling to wait to get the boat turned around for fear that Jesus may wander off again. He jumps into the water and swims to shore in order to talk to Jesus. Peter's interaction with Jesus ends with these words, and that's what I want to focus on today in John chapter 21, verses 18 and 19. In John chapter 1, starting in verse 18, we read these words. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when Jesus had spoken these words to Peter, he said to him, follow me. I want those last two words to just hang in your mind for just a moment as we continue today. Follow me. These words had tremendous meaning to Peter. They were the words that that started the whole journey with Jesus so many years ago. They are words that affirm that Peter is still a disciple, still an apostle, still going to serve within the church and accomplish the mission of God. Despite his failures, despite his denial, despite his, his running away when Jesus was betrayed and crucified, he is still going to be used by God to do God's work. These words should matter to us also. Because these are the words that call us into a relationship with Jesus at the very beginning. And they are the words that carry us through our whole life. Follow me. So why does Jesus call us? Why did Jesus call Peter? To once again follow him at this time. First, I would say that he calls Peter to follow him because he is alive. Now, we can approach this statement from two very different ways. Um, first, we may have, Peter may have thought at this time that because Jesus was dead, that he was off the hook. And even if he believed that Jesus had risen from the grave, he may have thought to himself by this point, well, he's, he may be alive, but he is gone. And I can't follow someone who is gone. And so I must be off the, off the hook. The, the, the time of my discipleship and my apostleship must have come to an end. Peter was returning to the boat, returning to fishing, back to business as usual. He couldn't follow Jesus if Jesus was gone. His obligation was over and so it was back to his normal life. But this interaction reveals to us that Jesus is alive and Peter's commitment to follow Jesus is still in effect. Jesus called to follow me, told Peter that he was still on the hook. And therefore he was still commissioned to make Fishers of men, just like at the very beginning. From the second point of view, Jesus alive before him showed Peter that the promise that he had made to his disciples was 100% true. Jesus had told them at the Passover that we find this in Mark chapter, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 26. He says, but I say to you, I will not drink of the first fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. The resurrected Jesus showed Peter that he was no longer living for himself, nor was he living for today, but he was living for the kingdom and he was living with eternity in mind. If Jesus had told them that he would rise from the grave, and he had, then Peter could rest assured that he said, one day you will drink of the cup, you will drink of the vine with me in my Father's kingdom, that that day would come as well. And so he was called to live in light of that eternity. And since Jesus is alive, even today, let us hold fast to our calling as followers of Jesus and let us live in light of eternity fulfilling the great commission. The call of Jesus to follow me is a call for us today. We, like Peter, have been called to make fisher to be fishers of men. And to share the good news of Jesus with the world that needs to hear it. Number two, he says, follow me, even though the road will be hard. This is really the point of the immediate context in which Jesus says these words to Peter. Jesus tells Peter that when he was a young man that he would dress himself and he did what he wanted to do. And, and we feel that when we were all young and, and maybe in our 20s or going into our 30s or maybe even at, at 16, we, we would dress ourselves. We would go where we wanted to go, do what we wanted to do. That We all remember probably the feeling of getting our driver's license and suddenly not being dependent on mom and dad for rides and how empowering and freeing that was for us. Even today, many of us can say, you know, no one dressed me this morning. I know you think my wife did, but she did not. Nobody dressed me this morning. I put on the clothes that I wanted to put on, and I went to the place that I wanted to be. However, there was going to come a day in Peter's life when someone else would not dress him, though the word meant essentially the same to them, but would bind him. In fact, it says that he will stretch out his hands and he will be bound, he will be tied up, and that he will go to a place that he does not want to go. Essentially, Jesus is telling him that one day he will lay down his life for the sake of the gospel. We as followers of Jesus, have to accept that being a follower of Jesus means sharing in his suffering. Peter himself later wrote these words when he said, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to to the degree in which you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. Jesus tells Peter and Peter tells us that the path of a disciple is not an easy one. But because of the resurrection, it is worth it. Peter most certainly did die a martyr's death. Tradition tells us that he was crucified in Rome, which may even be a bit of prophecy when Jesus said, you will stretch out your arms. However, tradition tells us that he was crucified upside down, feeling unworthy to die the same death as his Savior. Now, I will tell you this. It is not very likely that any of us in this room will give up our lives for the sake of the gospel alone. But we are called to choose every day if we are going to live for Jesus and die to ourselves. Or live for ourselves and forsake Jesus. Jesus says, follow me. Finally, Jesus says, follow me because you love me. Prior to this passage that we have read together, Jesus presses Peter on whether he loves him or not. Three times Jesus asks Peter if he loves him and three times Jesus affirms his love, though the interaction is somewhat in question of whether the love that Jesus was asking for was the love that Peter was willing to give. Regardless of this, after, G- after this confirmation, Jesus tells Peter to shepherd, to tend his lambs and his sheep. Jesus' call to follow him is anchored in the reality that his, follow- that his followers love him. And not only that they love him, but that he loves us. John 15, verse not starting in verse 9, says this, Just as the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. When we follow Jesus, it is not because we have to. When we follow Jesus, it is not simply because he's going to get us into heaven. When we follow Jesus, it is not because it is some burden that we have agreed to take on to keep people happy or to stay in good favor in our work or or in our community. When we follow Jesus, we follow Jesus because we love him. We love him because he first loved us. And we love him because we saw how far his love would go to death even death on a cross. See, when we follow Jesus because we love him, the path that God is calling us to go on is not a burden. It is not drudgery. It does not lead us to bitterness and resentment. This is not a stretch for us because when we serve the people we love, it is a joy to do so. I love doing nice things for my daughters and my son. I love to serve my wife and make her life better. I love to do things for you guys, to serve the, the church, because I, believe it or not, love you guys. It's not a burden for me, it's not a hassle. It doesn't make me angry or bitter, but it is joyful and fun. When we follow the one that we love our joy is made full. It is complete. We are content and we are satisfied. Brothers and sisters, Jesus says follow me follow me because you love me. Follow me even when it gets hard and the road may be where you don't want to go. Follow me because I am alive and you will live with me forever. Jesus says, follow me. Let us pray. Our gracious God and King, we come before you now and God, we... We praise God for the resurrected Jesus. God, because we have a risen Savior who is in the world today, we have purpose, we have meaning, we have a call to follow him, and that is a call that we know is worth it. That we know will not only give us satisfaction in eternity, but will make our joy complete even right now as we follow him. God, we look at the call that you, that Jesus made to, to Peter. And even though the road might be hard, and even though there are going to be trials and setbacks, and, and even though there may be mocking and ridicule, and even though that may take us to a place that we would not go on our own. Well, that call to follow us, we know that, is for the, that, is the re, that, that call to follow Him is the reason why we were created. And we will never find joy. And we will never find peace and we will never find eternity apart from following him. My God and my king, thank you so much for sending your son. And God, we praise you and we rejoice over him on this day and every day because we are alive. Father God, as we depart from this place and as we go over to enjoy some fellowship and food together, Lord, I pray that you would bless the food, Lord, that you would bless our time together. Lord, may this just be the first first moment, the first time in a much longer time together of rejoicing and giving praise to our risen Savior. Lord, bless that food and bless that time. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We would like to invite you to stay. We have uh, breakfast over in the fellowship hall. We have got it set up continental breakfast style. Um, We would encourage you guys as you go in, keep your mask on. Make sure you use the hand sanitizer. Do everything you can to to not spread anything, whether it's COVID or anything else, because there is more things out there than just COVID-19, believe it or not. Um, and enjoy some time and some fellowship with us, and uh, as we uh, wrap up there, we will return at 945 for our regular Sunday school time. You guys have a blessed morning. Head over, get something to eat, and we will see you soon. God bless.